let's dive in. This is going to be a good one. I'm excited for this conversation. Let's talk about what some of the upcoming things you guys have going on are and uh, drop some updates on us. Well, first and foremost, those uh, people out here, uh, out there um, who had not been familiar with you prior to this or who uh, weren't at CultureCon, mm-hmm. shame on you if you're one of those people. But um, if you're one of those people that wasn't there and you are not familiar uh, with Kira, please tell us about yourself. My name is Kira Kimball. I'm the Chief Innovation Officer for Martian McLennan Agency. And where I innovate is really a lot with social innovation and building culture and creating a continuous learning organization. And that's why I'm really inspired about being involved with this project that USD, Community College for Sioux Falls, is pushing forward. And it's going to be a great opportunity to bring good education to our our businesses and our community where there's not a super big commitment like taking a semester-long class. And I think that's going to be a difference maker for education opportunities. Yeah, so for, for, for those who haven't been following this whole story, um, what was formerly known as uh, uh, the University Center has now become uh, the USD uh, Community College for Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what I think the goal was is to create uh, some educational opportunities that were a little bit more approachable, um, that had multifacets, doing a lot of things that were done before, but also being able to offer things like this, which is, People being able to come and get so many skills in kind of a more in, intensive environment, more in a compact uh, time frame, uh, because we know that it's difficult for a lot of organizations out there to get people available to be able to do education. And over the span of a long period of time, sometimes it's difficult to do. And so the idea of being able to bring real practitioners, professionals, people who do the thing in real life into the room to give people that practical, useful, immediately applicable knowledge in a short period of time, in a day or two days or something mm-hmm. along those lines, which is a big deal. And for businesses who don't have learning and development directors, mm-hmm. and I would say the majority of businesses here in Sioux Falls don't, that this type of opportunity is exactly for them because they don't have to be responsible for creating any curriculum yeah. or content. Mm-hmm. They can dedicate $395 yeah. for one workshop is pretty amazing for right. six hours of education. So I think it's really going to fill a gap yeah. in our community for learning and development. Yeah, I think it's special. I think um, being able to get people together and take a day or two and really just get to the work of it is really important. And like you said, we have so many organizations and nonprofits um, that do not have the resources to build this level of infrastructure and to, to have a community resource where you could just plug into it for a super affordable um, price is something that's, that's special. And I think it's really big for industry because it allows us to democratize education, right, where it doesn't just have to be a thing for people who either have the time or, or the money, but it's more available to everybody. Mm-hmm. And we have so many organizations with talented people that they need to get just a little bit more out of, that they that can level up, that can reach different levels of their potential. And this is a great opportunity to do that. So as we talk about that, um, there's a lot of great courses here that people can get into on a, ri- a wide-ranging um, uh, a host of, of, of topics. And we'll talk about those. But specifically, you are teaching two courses. Why don't you tell us about the courses that you will be teaching? I am teaching um, how to create the best in practice mentorship and internship programs. 
which when we think about that, that's critical in, in a, a society where labor shortage is a huge thing right now mm-hmm. and workforce development is so important. So trying to think differently about how we offer internship programs. It's not just about me giving Vani some of my to-do list as an intern, right. but it's really about bringing these student professionals on so yeah. they can learn more about our industry as a whole and have the opportunity to look in every nook and cranny but so employers can really understand their why behind yeah. having an internship program. And then that's the upfront part, the recruitment piece of it. When we get those folks in, when they become full-time employees, what does our mentorship look like in mm-hmm. terms of helping develop and invest in them along the way? And it's not just us going out for a cup of coffee together as mentor and mentee, but really having some structure behind what kinds of conversations yes. that we're having to advance the mentee in their um, industry expertise, their expertise in soft skills, they're developing their own network, their personal brand, whatever that is. So really more programmatically. The second class, Vani, is going to be... Well, actually, even before you get into that, let me ask you this, because I think that's part of the reason why we have workforce issues the way we do right now is that people um, looked at internship as free work Mm -hmm. and they didn't take mentorship seriously. Um, and grow and develop that talent within their organization, which is always going to keep people. Right. You know, we always say people are like oak trees. The higher they feel like they're going to grow, the deeper and they set their roots. But the other piece, again, going back to the intern piece of it is it's when people bring in an intern and they just give them the grunt work because they see it as free work. Right. Why in the world would a person want to work here? Why would I, if this is the representation that I have, of the work that I might be doing or how you value me or see me or how you want to use my talents and skills, I'm not coming back to this place if all I'm doing is running a copier, right? I'm not getting a chance to see the other things that I can experience. Um, And you guys do a a wonderful job about that, but why don't you tell us a little bit about that piece of it? Well, in terms of the internship, it has historically been come in and, and learn about the small role. Maybe you're being hired for a marketing intern or an accounting intern or a sales intern. And really a better practice because we want to engage our employees in all of our business. We want them to be tied into the success of the overall organization. And when they come in and they learn just a small part of it, there's real value in there. But where the bigger value is, and for me as an employer or the employers in our community, when they're assessing interns to get an idea, could this be a potential future team member? Inviting them to look holistically at an organization allows them to try on different skills because a skill that you might be using in the marketing department could be very different from a skill that you're using in accounting or in employer services. So we want to help develop these student professionals as well because when I was 22 years old, I didn't know what skills that I liked using and what were motivating for me. So We think we're investing in the students by giving them a broad view to try on some of those skills and to see what excites them. But also, it's just a great way to introduce them to our industry because we're doing this intentionally to create a pipeline of candidates. And I believe that's what our business climate needs here in the Sioux Falls area because of those workforce shortages. So it's pretty intentional. For sure. And and it's something that's big right now. And I think it's a great way to also close generation gaps and things of that nature. It's the start of apprenticeship. It's the start of the transfer of knowledge, which is a habit that a lot of people have fallen out of. 
in their organizations and some have never had. Um, especially when people get at the end of their career, if you don't have that healthy culture, there's usually a value to hoarding knowledge. Yes, there um, is. Because people connect it to their value, val- value uh, uh, whether or not they're valuable. And so that's a big thing right now when you think about the generational piece of it. So when you talk about mentorship and you talk about internship, how does it feed into that piece of it? How does it help that part of it? That is a great question. And that is something that I get really excited about our model because historically there's only been one or two teachers for a mentor or an intern rather that I'm your mentor. You come to me for questions. You come to me for work. Mm And with the rotation model that I'm going to be teaching businesses about through my workshop, they will see this is a great way to get everybody involved. Mm -hmm. And that includes the legacy employees who have a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge. So our interns won't just be sitting with the current leaders. They will be sitting with people who've been involved in this firm for 30 plus years, some of them. And those folks will feel that they're still relevant, that they still have something to contribute, and they'll invest in those interns the same way that someone who maybe who's just been here for five years will. So all of us are teachers. Yeah. We include everybody. And it's also a great way to build culture because when we all come together for the success mm-hmm. of our internship program, that's something we all can celebrate. It takes just a village. Just not the people who are running it. Right. It takes a village. It does. Yeah. All right. So class two. Yes. Valuing diversity is the second class. I'm all in that. It is really important in our community. (laughs) With changing demographics that we have, with our uh, school districts having more diverse students, especially in the primary school, it's really important for businesses to develop competencies regarding Mm -hmm. creating inclusive workplace practices. So really recently, you know, and I've, I've been doing this work, and when I was in higher ed, I did a lot of diversity inclusion practice, but very recently I attended some special education with the National Diversity Council, yeah. and that was dynamite to be led in instruction by the premier organization that develops employers. So I feel really primed yeah. to help businesses, and there will be best practices that I can guide businesses through. I will help them build the business case, those HR leaders or OD leaders who come to Mm -hmm. the workshop to help them go back and talk with their leadership about why this is really important for us to buckle down. Not just the changes in demographics and buying power, but the reality that creating diverse work teams creates better ROI for a business. It creates better solutions, better problem solving. And really, this is about engagement, Vani. Mm-hmm. Creating inclusive workplaces is about total engagement because diversity just doesn't show up on our skin. Right. When we think about um, who we love, when we think about being differently abled, when we think about mental illness or mental challenges, veteran status, first generation college student, whatever that is, we all have a diversity story. Yeah. Even me as a white middle-aged woman, I have a diversity story. Right. So when employers can really learn practices about how to fully embrace individuals, it allows me, it allows you, any employee then, to feel that they can show up 100% as exactly who they are, and they're going to be valued for those differences. And um, in in true belief, it's going to increase engagement, it's going to increase productivity, and who doesn't want that as a business? Yeah, well, you know, I think sometimes for people it feels so feels so daunting, and for me, it's kind of like a 
uh, do you even lift bro moment, right? Which is everything's a heavy lift when you don't live. Yep, it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's always going to feel like a big thing when you're not. Until you start doing it. Until you yeah. start doing it. And, and if you're not in the activity of doing it, then then change is not weird for you. Then being considerate is not really strange for you. Making basic accommodations um, is not fair for you. Uh, or excuse me, not difficult for you. And one of the biggest things that we always end up dealing with or talking about is the idea of um, sameness is not fairness. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think sometimes that's what people think about. And that's really the lazy version of that thing is like we have one blanketed rule, one blanketed policy. I can't do this for you because then somebody else might want to do it. Well, did that other person ask you for it? Mm-hmm. No, but still, I can't do this for you, right? And so we don't do anything for anyone because we can't do the same thing for everyone. Right. And so how do how do folks negotiate that or think about that piece of it? You know, is it literally? I think some people envision this ginormous spreadsheet of everybody's stuff. And they gotta do this thing of figuring out who can do this and who could do that. What is the practical way to, to breathe that in? Well, I appreciate your recognition that equality doesn't necessarily mean equity. Right. And that in some situations, just being mindful of how to make a small accommodation. Like someone, for example, who might have some social anxiety, but has some really great skill when we think about mental mm-hmm. illness on the diversity spectrum, maybe putting their cubicle or workspace off the beaten path in a a different part of the building. It might be having them work with headphones Mm. and making that be an okay thing. Mm -hmm. So again, they can show up with their best skills and do the best work that you want. The other message that some of those slight accommodations might give is that my employer values me. And they want to make sure I can show up as my best self. So when we think about needing discretionary Mm. effort sometimes, which we do as employers, that that person is going to be able to show up for us because we've cared for them. It might also be a a prayer room, for example. We've got individuals who celebrate different faiths that practice that differently. Can we create a small space? And, And these investments don't have to be huge, but can we create something that's practical for them? where they can take a time out to do that. I think the other thing is, Vani, that it's fun to learn about differences. I mean, it really is when we get down to it. And some of the ways that we we do culture together in our business, um, recognizing that maybe we've been celebrating a Judeo-Christian holiday such Mm -hmm. as Christmas, but that there are other holidays that are happening around that time too, and maybe taking some time to learn a little bit about those or eat a different food, think about a different um, dress. I I think learning is valuable. And when we get to know someone different from us, it builds relationship, it builds trust, it builds collaboration, and uh, being curious as in interested and not suspicious because curiosity has two sides of the coin. Right. So I, I think this is just a great way, again, to build a positive culture yeah. um, by getting to know differences and not being afraid of them. I think it's so big. It's funny, actually, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and somebody mentioned that they didn't like Mexican food. And the first thought that popped in my head was like, that's so un-American. Like, <laughs> what is like, what is wrong mm-hmm. with you? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and, and obviously, you know, of, of, of all the cuisine, that's probably the most homogenized, right? But... Mm-hmm. 
it's true of a lot of different things. You know what I mean? That that now there's so many things that are woven into our lives that we couldn't imagine not having as a part of our culture, as a part of that tapestry um, that have come from different cultures or whatever. You know, and I think that goes back to the genesis of what this country is. It's built on people's contributions no matter where they came from. But the point was is that you contributed and you made the thing a better thing right. through that contribution. And I think sometimes that's what people miss about diversity and understanding that it's a competitive advantage. It is. It's a competitive it advantage, a both yeah. for, for great things that happen. And the other piece of it is is, is, to, is to protect you from your blind spots. When we think about all of the scandals and the various things that happen, missteps that happen with certain organizations, a lot of times it's because somebody is not in the room to say, hey, guys, uh, yeah. this is not going to work. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is not how we should go. Because a lot of times the mistakes that people make are not necessarily – uh, through malice, yeah, through ignorance, mm-hmm. and so if you don't have somebody in that room that could cure your ignorance, that's going to leave you open to those blind spots, you know. So talk about that a little bit. Well, unconscious bias is a, is a huge thing, and like you said, not every misstep is about malice right. or intent. A lot of it is just us not being aware mm-hmm. of the stories that we tell about someone who's different from us. And one of the educational elements that I'll be talking about and and trying to step into some education on it is unconscious bias. And that when we as individuals go through an unconscious bias training, which I I definitely have, and we become aware of those blind spots, it helps us slow down a little bit Mm -hmm. instead of making assumptions about individuals that can get us in that hot water or that we might make a poor decision about it. I mean, I think of recruiters and when they're reading resumes or job applications and maybe they see a name that is completely different than Mm -hmm. what they're used to, they may make a quick judgment there that they're not even actively doing that puts that person in the no pile Mm -hmm. because of a name. Those things are dangerous for an employer. So really being aware of those implicit biases and slowing down with them so you can make a conscious decision and say, whoa, that's not where I want to go. Here's the better path to go. And when we do that as individuals and gather self-awareness, we become the organization. Our individual self-awareness transfers to organizational awareness. Mm -hmm. And then we can really make those changes that we need to our hiring practices, to our onboarding practices, to who we choose to develop, who we choose to career path and mentor. And that's all about creating inclusive workplaces. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I want to talk a little bit generally uh, before we land this plane, because this one won't be too long, but I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit about the general idea of it, just going zooming back out. Um, mm-hmm. So right now, as I'm looking at these different courses, I'll kind of let you guys kind of know. Um, extreme productivity, creating an extraordinary quality of life. Um, uh, uh, that's, you know, that sounds excellent to me. Obviously, uh, uh, Think 3D, we will be doing a class as well. Um, ours is on March uh, 5th here in, in Sioux Falls, and we're doing uh, communicating effectively in the 21st century workplace. World, world techniques that you can use now, because that's what we're about. We're about getting people those skills that they can use that day um, in their personal life and in their professional life, because um, people do often what they do well. So we want to make sure people are skilled up so they do it. Championship coaching, how to motivate your employees to reach their potential. Writing to win, uh, learning uh, uh, the skill of business writing and really activating that part of our brains. 
uh, building five-star customer service. One of our friends, Joe Sylvester, uh, who's going to be teaching that, he's going to be here and as a guest. We're going to have a lot of these folks in here as guests as well because not only um, are these great opportunities for your people to learn, not only is this just great content for you to get, but these are some really excellent practitioners of this information. These people are amazing people that are very accomplished in a lot of different spaces of their life. And sometimes that's the thing that's most difficult is to get to the practitioner because they're in the midst of doing the thing, right? right? And so right. sometimes we're taught by people who had to, not that they didn't do the thing or not that they couldn't do the thing, but in a traditional education sense, we have to learn from people who have suspended doing the thing to do this thing. Mm-hmm. You're right. This is one of those situations where you're learning from somebody that is in the act of doing the very thing that they are teaching you. So those skills are being proven. They're being updated. They're being revamped. They're being put into practice all right now. And so I only read a couple of these things, but there's so many great classes out here and great courses that people can plug into. And it's just exciting to see this type of curriculum be available to adult learners in a really compact way. Um, so I'm super excited Thank about you. what's happening. I feel good about it. All right. Well, we're going to land this plane. Um, Listen, make sure you all go out and and look into this. If you are an individual, this is important. This is this is uh, valuable for an individual. It is affordable for an individual. If you are um, a small organization, this is a a lifeline here to allow you to educate your people to make you competitive. This type of thing is on par with the Internet. The Internet made things democratized. It made small businesses be able to compete with larger businesses. This is the type of thing that does the same thing, allowing you to educate your people the same way that a much larger business normally would. And then, of course, if you're a large business, you're doing a lot of stuff and you need your people to get tuned up and you need your leaders to be effective. So um, the USD Community College uh, for Sioux Falls, uh, make sure you guys check that out and look at some of these courses. A lot of them are coming up now. The first one is going to be starting March 4th. Um, and so we encourage you to go take a look at that. And we thank you so very much for coming thank in. Thank you, my friend. Um, a friend of Think 3D, and we always love having you around. So we appreciate you. Thank you, Dan, for doing your part and hitting buttons and all that. Um, let's bring him back in, give you some camera time. I feel like <laughs> you got neglected a little bit. No, it's a good conversation. So. It's quick. Um, we're going to be dropping links, guys, for those of you that are watching. I'm not sure what platforms you're going to pick this up on. We're sending it out on a couple. Um, if you're listening to this, we'll drop some links. Get registered. Check with your employer. If you're in young, if you're in YPN, if you're a young professional, um, a lot of the times your employers will let you expense this or reimburse you for the tuition dollars that you spend, which is a great sure. opportunity. So go get this development. Go get this knowledge. Um, Kira, thanks again. You we'll bet. You My back, pleasure. I love being sure. with you guys. So uh, we're going we're gonna to tie this up quick. Stay tuned for more round two coming up quick here. You guys have a good day. We'll see you soon.